0: I have a question, are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Today, guys, we are going through Romans chapter 13. Uh, But before we jump into that, guys, it is snowing here in Michigan. Like It's lake effect snow, so if you don't know what lake effect snow is, if you don't live in Michigan... We have, we're surrounded by lakes, essentially, on three sides, and Lake Michigan, it, when storms come across Lake Michigan, they really ramp up and dump a lot of snow on places along the shoreline and farther out and this one because there's winds associated with it the snow is really blowing those clouds and that snow farther east and we are farther east we're in the middle of the state we're not near lake michigan but we are getting some of that lake effect snow here so we could be seeing up to four to six inches of snow where we are in michigan and it is uh It's stressful just because it's the first storm of the year. I would rather it, you know, kind of come in like a lamb, you know, where it just snows like an inch for the first storm, but, uh, we're not getting that. So, I mean, I guess it did a little bit, it, it snowed, you know, quarter inch or whatever, but, uh, we are going to get some snow tonight, I think. And I think it's going to be a plowable event, uh, some guys are saying that it's not going to be a probable event or they're hoping that it will be but they're not sure it will be i just according to my weather app uh, which i use bam mx i believe is what it's called it's a weather app you pay for it and it's not cheap but uh it's the best one that i've found for predicting snow so that's the that's what we're doing here uh, that's what I use, and it works really well. They don't do so good with rain, but they do really good with snow. They You can purchase an add-on where they give you the ground temperature and all that stuff. But, you know, that, that is what it is. Let's uh, get moving here. I have a guest with me today. I finally convinced her to come on for a Faith Friday episode, my wife, Renee. How you doing?
1: Hi, everyone.
0: How was your day today?
1: Stressful, and it went pretty quick. <laughs> when yeah. you're busy, that that's one good thing. Things kind of go quickly, but I'm here in the recliner, and I am held captive by our senior cat who's laying on my lap, so I think Aaron took advantage of that, that I couldn't get up and run away and find something else to do. I, w- <laughs> I was
0: happy to move into the bedroom if you didn't want to come on, so... Uh, we're just sitting here in our easy chairs like two old people. Uh, we kind of look like my parents. My parents have two, two easy chairs, and that's what they sit in at home, and they look old. And so I know my parents listen to this. So uh, hi, Mom and Dad, you're old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How's the easy chair <laughs> treating so, you these days?
0: <laughs> so we, can, we are looking older and older as the days go by. All right, guys, let's cut the chit-chat, if you will, and let's jump into Romans chapter 13. Uh, I say this every week, but for new listeners, I want to make it clear that I'm not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to Bible school, nothing like that. I just like the Word of God, and so I try to jump into that as much as possible on the podcast. And so uh, this is what we do on Faith Friday. So on Faith Friday, we we have a book of the Bible that we're going through, which is Romans. And we're going through Romans chapter 13. So what I typically do is I read through the entire thing and then we go back. Today, I think, though, I am going to read to like verse six or seven. And then we're going to go back just to kind of break it up a little bit so that it doesn't it's not such a long listen at, on the front end of someone just reading, and then we can jump back and discuss it a little bit more. I, I really wish that this was like a two way forum where the listener could respond back to me, but uh, I haven't figured out how to do this live yet. So, and it, it would be difficult to, to do it on a Friday every day or every week. Live like on a Facebook live or something. so it is what what it is we have to do what we have to do here so I'm we're recording this on Thursday night uh, as it is snowing out and so without any further ado, let's jump into Romans chapter 13. I'm gonna I'm gonna read chapter 13 one through I think it's seven. And then we're going to jump back to verse one, and we're going to go through it verse by verse and just kind of see what we can pull out of the scripture, see what God and the author Paul has for us today. All right, let's begin. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right. But for those who do wrong, do you want to be free from fear or of the one in authority? Then do what is right and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to you. I'm sorry, let me go back. This is verse four. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of the possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him, If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. All right, let's go back to verse 1. So here we go. Verse 1 Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. All right. This is uh, this is timely, pretty timely, uh, with the elections that we just had, especially for us in Michigan, uh, at least for our family, because uh, you know we're conservative, and uh, our state just reelected um, our governor, Governor Whitmer, and we're not huge fans of her, and so. Um, it's hard to submit to someone like that, especially when they do things that go against what we believe and what we believe is right. And so, it's a little it's a little difficult to to um to submit to that authority, wouldn't you say?
1: Well, I mean. <laughs> it's not like you have a choice. <laughs> Some, You know, the law is the law. You're going to follow it so you don't um, go to jail. But yeah, it's, it can be hard to respect authority that does things and believes things very differently.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I mean, there's, There's so much that you could read into this verse. Like, I mean, even with our our president, Joe Biden, like he, we like to call him kind of a bumbling idiot uh, or a useful idiot, you know, for like the Democrat party or whatever. But when you think of it as in the terms of, of what Paul is saying here is that God put him in that place. God made him the president. It wasn't you or I voting for him. It was God's doing that put him there. And Biden is there for a reason. God has allowed him to be in authority over our country for a reason. And so we're to submit to that authority. Now, I would say there's a caveat to that uh when you think back to uh Shadrach Meshach and Abednego uh when the king when king Nebuchadnezzar uh made that tall statue and he made a decree that everyone was supposed to bow to that uh the three men refused to bow because that went that violated their the the headship of the lord. So it's all about authority. Okay? So God has the ultimate authority. God places leaders in authority over us. And then we are authority like I'm I'm the male of our household so or the the husband of our household so I am the head. It has nothing to do with lording over anyone. It is, I'm the one that's accountable for our family. I'm the one that is accountable to God for our family because he is the head of me. I am the head of our family. It's all about, it's all about, uh, you almost want to say hierarchy, but it's not, it's not really that shit. What, what, what they call that in, in the Bible, it's called headship. Like I, I, if something goes wrong in our family, if our family falls apart spiritually, that's on me as the husband, as the head, as the authority of my home, just like if something falls apart in our country, ultimately that falls on president Biden. He is the head of the country, uh, according to God so he is accountable to god so that's that's where we kind of fall in line here so it, we are to submit to authority with the the knowledge that if if we if if the person in authority over us is asking us to violate god's commands then we are to stand against that and not submit to that authority. And so that's that's the caveat that I would give to this verse because um, you can't violate God's authority. Would you agree with that?
1: Right. Yeah, you know, when you were talking I was thinking of, you know, obvious like Hitler who was you know, sought to kill people, which of course is against God's commandments. So they're Therein lies, kind of, you know, your thinking.
0: All right, verse two. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So this uh, this again is like, oof. Yeah. I mean, I think back, my first thought goes back to January 6th of 2020 with the, the whole, um, what, what people call the insurrection. Now I wouldn't necessarily call that an insurrection. Uh, I, at the, at the time it made me so mad that those idiot people were doing that. It was, it was simply maddening because it, it made conservative people, conservative voices, well, assumingly conservative voices, look really bad. And so it, that was bad. But on top of that, those people that were caught by the authorities, and we'll see this later on in the, in the chapter here, um, they faced consequences for that, for their actions, Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. God put Joe Biden in office. That's, that's what Paul is saying here. And, and I've, I've tried to talk about this on Facebook and things, and people get really offended that I would say that, that, that God... Put These elected fish officials in place, but it's true. It, I mean, that's what the word of God says. How can you go against the word of God? And so it, it's, you know, we have to think, yes, we can vote all we want to, we can vote in this country and, and cast our vote for who we want to be in office, but ultimately it is God who chooses God orders our steps. And so this year, I almost didn't vote. I I was very close, you know, I was very close to not voting at all in the pre, or what is it, the midterms, just because when I go on Facebook and I, I... When I get involved in elections,
1: (laughs) there's no separation for you.
0: (laughs) It's like uh, it it consumes me because when I get involved, then I'm committed to it. And then I feel like I have to to argue for my side. And so I, I, I wish I wouldn't have voted this year. I originally went to the voting booth just to cast my vote for a proposal that is in our state which is proposal three which is basically anytime anywhere for any reason abortion all the way up to nine months and potentially there's room for even after birth and so uh, and
1: without parent consent or knowledge for minors as well
0: right so it's it's a very bad proposal but it passed it passed in michigan and i voted no so I, I I went just to do that, but then I thought when I was there, I'm like, well, I'm here, I might as well vote <laughs> for everyone. And that was just a bad idea because it I was neck deep in in trying to follow the election results for three or four days and just burning with anger and it, it was terrible. So um, that's why I wouldn't vote necessarily just for personal reasons you know, I would love to vote and not be that way. I just can't seem to do it. So, but here's the thing. When you're rebelling against that authority, you're rebelling against God because that's what he instituted. And those who do so, we're still in verse two here. Those who do so will bring judgment on themselves so it doesn't it doesn't specify whether this is God's judgment or man's judgment. So let's go on to verse three. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but hold no terror whoops but for those who do wrong I'm sorry, let me read this again. I'm sorry. Rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one who is who the one in authority then do what is right and he will commend you. So this Paul right now is basically saying to the church in Rome I mean at this time the the king of Rome I believe was Nero and he was a terrible king like vicious like this is the time when he, when Christians are being fed to lions in the Colosseum, I mean, th- this is where this is written. And so what Paul is saying here is like way more countercultural to say than what, than this time when I'm saying it now.
1: It probably felt like a death sentence, <laughs> honestly, yeah. um, to be in that time and to respect the authorities that, are doing these horrible, horrendous things.
0: Right. I mean, and they, all they were doing was being a Christian. That's it. But they were, I mean, he would, he would pour tar over people, live people. He would light them on fire to let, to, to light his garden parties. I mean, that's the, that's how bad this guy was. So. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right. So if you're going to do, you know, like the, if we look back to January 6th, those people were not doing right. They should have expected to be brought in.
1: To have consequence for their actions.
0: Exactly. Was it illegal? I I don't know. Trespassing? No. I don't know what it was, but was it right? Was it morally right to do that? I would say no. You don't necessarily have the right to break into anyone's building, let alone the, the Capitol building of our country. Now, people say it's the people's Capitol or whatever. Yeah, whatever. When you have an agri mob outside the doors, what are you going to do? You're going to lock the doors. I mean, come on. So, I, I, you know, when I go back to that, it's like those people deserved whatever they got because they did wrong. And they, whether they want to or not, they, or whether they knew it or not, they were bringing judgment on themselves because they did wrong. And they should expect that. All right. Let's keep going here. Verse four: For he is God's servant to do to do you good, but if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. So, just like I was saying before, like the president. Okay, President Biden. Or even, even a police officer. They're they're in authority over you. They they wield a sword. Like Paul says here, they wield a sword for a reason. It's because God appointed them to that position. They have the authority and you don't. For he is God's servant to do good, to do you good. Now Obviously, Nero was not, did not have the good of Christians in mind, right? So, I mean, you could make the argument that Christians should, shouldn't should submit to him, but that's not what Paul's saying here. He's saying you should submit unless he asks you to violate your, violate God's authority.
1: Do you think this is where the, saying like two two wrongs don't make a right because we're talking here about authorities or authority and they could be doing good or they could not be doing good. Um, they could be decent people or, or not. But really, this whole time, it's not talking about whether they're good or bad. It's talking about what you do, right. not what the authority the end of the day, God's calling you to do right, to have a clear conscience, um, so that you don't incur, you know, consequences of, of that bad action.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're spot on there. I mean, it's, this is all about our actions. It's not about, it's not about, uh, the The actions of the one in authority.
1: It's funny because the whole time we're reading this, I'm like, "Yeah, but what about Hitler? Yeah, but what about this particular leader that I don't like or respect or I think's an idiot? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah,
1: but that doesn't matter. What matters is what I do. Yeah. It's such a, uh, it's kind of hard to do that. I think in our culture and in our country. Even though we're a baby country, we definitely have a, a strong um, want to have your own thinking and to have your own right to do what you want. And so sometimes it's kind of hard to submit to God's authority and to his, what he wants you to do because it just feels so foreign <laughs> in our culture. It just doesn't sound right or seem right.
0: Well, it's just as foreign for us to submit to God,
1: right? And that exactly. that's what
0: Paul is getting at here. Like, it's not just the governing authority over you in, in in person; it's the governing authority of God over you, and and so it's submitting to the the authority that's in your life, like here on Earth, is a picture of you submitting to the authority, God. You know, and so it's difficult. It's really hard to do.
1: It's not perfect or ideal.
0: (laughs) It goes against our human nature.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, It goes against our sinful nature. Verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. So... Just, just like again, I keep going back to January 6th because we can all think of that, and it, it's pretty set in our minds. And uh, those people w- did not want to submit to the results of the election. They did not want to submit to the authority of Biden, and they, they, they didn't. It, it, It wasn't, they they weren't even thinking about the possible punishment. Let me read verse five again. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. So it's not just because of the punishment, the possible punishment, but it's also because of your conscience. As Paul is saying here, you want a clean conscience in this. Yes, I could, I could storm the Capitol. I could, I could be, you know, that person. I could be one of those people, but that would weigh on my conscience. And a lot of those people that were there at the Capitol did not go inside the Capitol. They, it was on their conscience that they needed to stay out. They listened to their conscience. And so I think, I think that is kind of relatable to verse 5 here verse 6 this is also why you pay taxes for the authorities are God's servants who gave their full time to governing now this one is a hard one for us business owners because we don't really like paying taxes i mean i like seeing that i pay a lot of taxes because that means i'm making a lot of money but we don't necessarily like paying taxes. And what Paul is saying here is that this is also why you pay taxes cuz the tax man is an authority over you. And so we have to we have to respect that governing authority too. Verse 7. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So Paul just kind of encompasses everything here concerning any authority that's over you, whether it's your father, whether it's your boss, whether it's the police officer, anybody and this this verse really got to me when I read it the first time. I was like, you mean I have to show honor to Governor Whitmer? I have to show respect to Governor Whitmer, who is all for killing as many babies as she possibly can kill? She's for that? I have to respect her?
1: Do you think it's a matter of... I mean, you're respecting the title, you're respecting their position and their role. God appointed them to that. Do you think that there's a difference between respecting the title and maybe you don't necessarily respect the person, but because of their title, you give them respect and honor? Um, Is that good enough? (laughs) Is that what Paul, you know, would that would that meet the minimum requirement for Paul? <laughs>
0: Maybe. I, I don't <laughs> but know. But
1: sometimes, I mean, I've had some some pretty questionable bosses. And sometimes, and I know there's other people that can relate to this, but sometimes the only way you can get through the day is to respect the title. They are my boss. I will respect them regardless Of what they said or did or asked me to do or whatever the situation is. Sometimes just remembering their title is over me and I have to respect that. Even though you can't stand looking at that person at the moment. I think sometimes that's what we have to do. I'm not saying maybe that's not what Paul or, or God really wants at the end of the day. Like they probably would want you to actually really be honorable with that respect and honor but we all got to start somewhere
0: i i do think you're you're kind of right there that it is respecting the title not so much the the person or their actions because you can respect someone with their title and their position without respecting their actions and so just like you know, just like all the authorities in our lives, they screw up too. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to respect their actions. We, but we do need to respect their position over us. All right. Uh, I think we kind of all get that. Let's, uh, let's read the, the next section. Let's read verse eight through 14. All right. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law the commandments do not commit adultery do not murder do not steal do not covet and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule love your neighbor as yourself love does not harm love does no harm to its neighbor Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That brings us to the end of Romans chapter 13. Let's go back to verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. So I I thought this was interesting. The first time I read it, let no debt remain outstanding except the debt to love one another. So that one can be outstanding, but all the others, whether you that this goes for us, business owners, like we should not have a, a debt on something that's outstanding. Um, now I, I get a lot of us have debt. I have debt, uh, and we pay on that debt every month. So it's not necessarily an unpaid debt. It's a being paid debt. So I get what Paul is saying here. Uh, but I also see that what he's really getting at is love is the debt to love one another. We have a debt to love one another. And that debt can never be really fulfilled.
1: It's funny. Can you think about it? You owe more than what you have at the present moment. (laughs) I mean, that's really what it is. You know, when you have a credit card that has too much, you owe more money on that than the money you have. We owe more love to our neighbor than honestly we ever could come up with on our own
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law so if you're if you love your neighbor if you love like paul says here your fellow man so everyone then you have fulfilled the law
1: meaning god's law
0: right meaning god's law verse 9 the commandments and this is where god's law this is where He's saying, you know, this is God's law here. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, so the law, whatever law there may be, are summed up in this one rule. So all the law is summed up in the one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see why... Earlier in Romans, if you haven't listened to the whole Roman series, I encourage you to go back and listen to it all. But in, in Romans, um, we, it's, Paul brings it out that we, cannot, we are not righteous on our own. We have no righteousness of our own. And so we can never fulfill this law. Love your neighbor as yourself. How many of us really, truly, honestly can do that
1: love Governor Whitmer as yourself, love President Joe Biden as yourself, love that guy down the road that's dirty and kind of awkward and uncomfortable, Love him as yourself
0: love that cantankerous customer you have <laughs> it it's i mean we we cannot do it there That's what, and that's partly what Paul, I think, is saying here is that, yeah, you could fulfill the law if you could love, you know, if you could show love to your fellow man. If you loved your neighbor as yourself, that is an impossible law to fill. So we cannot, we cannot fulfill the law. Therefore. Love is the fulfillment of the law. In the Bible, it says Jesus is love. Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't come to abolish it, but he fulfilled it. He was perfect. He had perfect love. And so, we, we can't do that. We would have to die for our neighbor... We would have to step in their place, take their place for their sins. We would essentially have to be perfect. We would have to be Jesus in order to fulfill the law. Or to fulfill this law, which says love your neighbor as yourself. You would have to die for them. It's It's impossible because you'd be dead if you died for your neighbor. <laughs> so let's keep going here. Uh, verse 11. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So what Paul is saying here is that the return of Christ is closer than it has ever been. And this, this verse just kind of struck me when, when I was reading it earlier. Do this, love, love with the understanding of the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up. you got to wake up. You've been asleep a long time. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Paul's not talking about your neighbor here. He's talking about you. You have to wake up. You have to understand that you can't fulfill the law. You can't love your neighbor perfectly. You need a savior. You have to wake up. Because your salvation... Is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12 The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light.
1: You know, my version, New Living Translation, um, so verse 12, it says, Uh, The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. It's almost in here. I feel like it's a. Come on, be intentional. Don't be in denial. Like it's so easy to just humdrum your way through life and think oh i'm good enough i'm righteous enough i do i'm i'm okay but here you know it's talking about shed off this darkness this dirtiness this indifference maybe even yeah
0: yeah and paul goes into that in verse 13 let us behave decently, as in the daytime. Like my mom used to say, nothing good happens after eleven, 11 p.m. Like nothing good ever happens if you're out past if you're out past midnight. Nothing good ever happens.
1: I will say it's ironic because she's probably the most night owl person I've ever <laughs> <laughs> known. Yeah, but she's
0: not out. She's nothing home. good
1: happens after three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah nothing let us behave decently as in the daytime because we we all act pretty good in the daytime but when night falls we can get kind of rowdy
1: this really is live righteous live good whether someone's watching or not Mm-hmm. yeah be legit yeah
0: too legit to quit
1: yeah paul i think you know (laughs) it's the wrong decade but somewhere in the 80s then paul
0: as paul does he gives a list of different things that we should really stay away from like we should not do these things all right um let us behave decently as in the daytime not in not in orgies or drunkenness not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. So dissension and jealousy added on there. I mean, dissension is like trying to, what is dissension?
1: Like breaking something apart. Yeah. Creating a, a rift between people or right. whatever.
0: So, or or jealousy. And I thought that was interesting that, Paul included that in the list here with orgies, drunkenness, sexual immorality. Like those are, those are just as important to Paul not to do as orgies and drunkenness. Like a lot of times, especially in the church, we, we, we forget to think about gossip. Like gossip is on the list for things that will keep you out of heaven. Like there's, I mean, it's just as bad as all the other stuff. And so we can't be Paul. Paul takes this stuff seriously. And because he's talking to the church, there are some people in the Roman church who join orgies, who get drunk, who practice sexual immorality, debauchery, which I, I don't know what debauchery is. I, I would say that's getting drunk again. Uh going to rowdy parties, maybe, I don't know. Uh, Not, and then not in dissension and jealousy. So there was jealousy in the church and there was people trying to tear the church apart. And so he's, he's admonishing the Roman church and us to stay away from these things. And this is one of the reasons why I stopped drinking alcohol is just because number one, I didn't need it. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't healthy for me. But it leaves a door open for me to, to um, overindulge. And I just decided, you know what? I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that temptation. And so I just cut it out. Verse 14. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do, do not think about how to gratify God the desires of the sinful nature. We are super good as human beings, as th- just thinking about ways that we can serve ourselves. And that's our human nature is to serve ourselves, be self-serving. Um, and Paul is admonishing us again.
1: Don't gratify that. I feel like this section has a lot to do with staying clear-minded, to not be swayed into, like you said, overindulge or get into these activities that lead to another thing, to another thing, to another thing, and it's not loving your neighbor as yourself because you're there just to take, take, take. Um, and the the that last line in mine it says um, verse fourteen. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. And it kind of made me chuckle because I thought about like social media or um, even conversations you have in person. And then later you're like, oh, this would have been a really good comeback. I should have said this. Or, you know, social media. That person, you know, is really frustrating me. I want to... say what I, you know, be kind of get them um, riled up and cause dissension or to put them in their place. And we do, we spend a lot of time thinking about what to say or how to do it instead of just clothing ourselves in the presence of Lord Jesus Christ, which is love to love their neighbor as yourself and to be clear minded
0: Marcus, you got to do a bath. Sorry, I was trying to communicate to my son that he needs to take a shower because it's time for him to get ready for bed. <laughs> Sorry, just had to interrupt there. Uh, I couldn't get his attention. I was trying to mouth the words and he was like, he looked at me like a little puppy that was confused. He actually tilted his head. <laughs> yeah. So, because um, he would never take a shower if we didn't tell him to. Um, so... What what I have in my notes here is uh, put away the evil that is at your fingertips. Hmm. Uh, for us guys, that, I mean, honestly, that's porn. That's OnlyFans is a huge thing nowadays, which is basically porn. Um, the bar, going to the bar every night, just wasting, wasting your life at the bar, wasting your money at the bar for me, political arguments that lead to nowhere. Cause I would get on, I would get on Facebook and I would post something that I thought was good, but it was what I noticed when, now that I look back on it, it was like, I'm just posting a argument to the echo chamber that I live in, you know, and it's just to get an attaboy or something. When in reality, I don't need to post anything about politics. I can have my views. You can have your views and we can live our lives in harmony. But when I, when you try to get into political arguments, that is when you start to like, you create divides in relationships.
1: Mm-hmm, that dissension.
0: And I, I did the same thing with, uh, my preferred style of worship or my views on modern worship because i was really burned by modern worship music and so i would post that stuff on facebook and man i got into some heated arguments with friends like dear dear friends of mine and it kind of put up a barrier and that didn't need to be they it's quarrelling. <laughs> I mean it's literally yeah, what we just read. <laughs> you can you can listen to whatever you want to listen to. I don't care. You know? A relationship a relationship with a person is much more important than your views on on something like that. Now I get it. It is important. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not worth fighting over.
1: Love is greater than being right,
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> or
1: trying to prove you were right.
0: And it, if, if that person is getting something out of what they listen to, that's great. If I'm getting something out of what I'm listening to, that's great. In my opinion, you're not supposed to really get anything out of worship music. Worship music is for the glory of God, not for you, not to, for you to feel any kind of way. It's for God to feel now. Yes, we have emotions. We can express our emotions But ultimately, it is for God's glory, not your own. So, off my soapbox before I start another argument. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's super important for us to realize that we can argue about anything. We can argue about why the sky is blue. We can argue about why Lake Superior is teal colored. We can do all sorts of things. But ultimately... It doesn't matter. What matters is that we love each other. Now, I'm not saying love each other like the worldly love, okay, like I, I, love, I love rock, I love lamp, I, I love everything. No, yes, I love, I love my friends that are gay. I love my friends that are straight. Both of them sin. Both of them do. It's not my place to say that you're going to hell or you're not going to hell. Now, I know what the Bible says, and I stand on that truth. And I will, I will defend the truth of God's word. But that does not mean that even though I feel that someone who is living the gay lifestyle is in stark contradiction to the, the word of God, that doesn't mean I don't love that person. It means that they have chosen to live in sin. All of us sin. I, I sin. I still love myself. <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. I love myself. So I choose to love my neighbor. And it's, it's, not, my, it's not my place to say, because you're living this way, you are going to go to hell i let the bible say whatever it says about living that lifestyle
1: oh really at the end of the day we were all destined to go to hell without jesus christ none of us would be saved or have the option or opportunity the choice
0: right we had to we had to have a savior Like Paul was saying here earlier. So, I mean, it's kind of a bummer place to end the podcast, but we're at the end of chapter 13. So um, I hope you guys got something out of this today. It was nice to have another voice on the podcast, not just my own droning. Um, It was nice to have another perspective and, and Renee's input. Uh, I really appreciated that. So if you guys like that, if you would send me a message, say, Hey, I really liked that. You had your wife on the podcast or whatever. um, You can message me at Aaron Sutter on Facebook. You can, excuse me. You can message me uh, on Instagram at Lansing lawn service, or you can send me an email at Lansing lawn service at gmail.com. So, do you have anything else you want to say? I do not. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being here. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. I, I really hope you got something out of it. And as always, I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.